Welcome to Third Church's T3 Family Podcast. Hello, listeners. We're going to start with a question. How are you doing in this moment? Preparing for Christmas can be fun with the change of seasons, exciting to try to find that perfect gift, and sometimes overwhelming. There are so many more things on the to-do list. Our podcasts during the month of December are going to be talking about what is absolutely essential in Advent and Christmas season. And I know we've heard that word essential several times in 2020, but what are the preparations that really matter in preparing our hearts and celebrating the birth of Jesus? This Christmas, my family's going to have an empty spot at the table and around the Christmas tree. My dad passed away in February of 2020. Our hearts go out to other families who are also experiencing this season for the first time without a loved one or who are grieving and separated from loved ones during this season. We are under a cloak of sadness of missing my dad. But that is united with the reality that every human being is going to live for all of eternity, millions and millions of years. In Advent season, we celebrate this moment in history where heaven opened its doors so our eternal destination is secure. It is the most beautiful story ever told. But I can miss this. I often think the Western church can miss this. So let us encourage one another to not rush through these moments of preparation. I am so excited for today to unpack this with special guest Kathy Deal. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you. You you have been on staff here at Third Church for how many years? Well, since 2012, so about eight. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. You lead the spiritual formation for students, Mm -hmm. fifth grade children's ministry leader, a member of the prayer team. Did I... Did I... Leave anything out there on your job from your job description? Nope, I think that covers all the bases. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing on your job description is you are a person that I always get so much inspiring wisdom from. I just mm. appreciate learning and yeah, being with you. Thank you, Katie. Anything else to share to introduce yourself? Um, well, I'm married to Matt Deal and we have four kids. So yeah, that rounds it out, I guess. I'm sure in your household, you have a lot of Advent and and Christmas stories. And another thing that is part of your job description that some people might not know about you is you are the best storyteller, I think, that I have ever, ever met, ever rubbed shoulders with. And so I'm excited that uh, our listeners are going to get a chance to hear some of those storytelling uh, Mm. gifts that, that you have. So real briefly, before we start talking about Advent, Advent is the start of the Christian year calendar. I know the world calendar obviously starts on January 1 for Americans, but in the Christian calendar, it actually starts the first Sunday of Advent. So before going forward and talking about Advent, let's do a little reflection on 2020. Reflection is such an essential part of our Christian walk. Um, So, Kathy, as you reflect on 2020, oh, what a year, what are the things that have sustained you this year? Well, 
you know, 2020 has been a challenge for all of us. And so, you know, really, to be honest, the things that sustain me in 2020 are the same things that have sustained me for all my years, you know. Um, I would just say that the people who led me to Christ and discipled me initially taught us to spend time alone with God, just read His Word, pour out our hearts to Him, and they taught us to listen to God's voice and hear Him. They taught us by sharing with us about their own experiences and by creating experiences where we encountered God personally. And through that, we learned God is trustworthy and we learned about His heart for us. And we, I mean, I just really grew up knowing He was for me. And I learned that experientially. And just that mindset of that God delights in me sustains me. I mean, I feel like it has really carried me through many challenges, not just 2020. And so anyway, spending time in God's presence and meditating on his word, putting myself in a position to encounter his delight in me and to kind of hear something from him daily. I actually even picture him in my mind, uh, putting manna on my tongue. And I ask him, what is it today, Lord? And he tells me, it's peace, you know, or it's um, strength. And he just tells me daily. And these things are really actually practices I've had since I was 15 or 16 years old. I haven't practiced them perfectly. And there are definitely years when I was poor at maintaining this rhythm. But it, it has kept me through many challenges and storms. And 2020 is no different from that. Uh, one thing I think that I went back to when my kids were really little, we lived out at Eagle Creek, and that was right along that bike path. And back in those days, I used to walk on that path. And at the beginning of um, COVID, I revisited that practice of going out to the lake and not bringing my phone <laughs> and just walking in nature. And again, praying out loud like I used to do. And I started to call it, uh, you know, the Matt would say, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to pound the ground <laughs> because it just brought sanity, you know, mm -hmm. pounding the ground, you know, <laughs> because it just was a place where, um, I don't know, it, it helps me to be present, to, to actually have that rhythm of walking, to, you know, have nature around me. That's one of my pathways that I connect with God. So these things are things that I have done for many years, but also they sustained me again this year. How about you, Katie? What things sustained you in 2020? Yeah, great question. I really like what you said about your vision of who God is, is he is for you. And again, I feel like reflection is so important because I can miss what God is doing in my life if and, and see the ways that he is for me if I don't look back. Um, and so as I've looked back in 2020 with the Lord, there have really been for me a two two key scriptures that other th that have sustained me and other things have kind of um, been a ripple effect or spiral spiraled out of. So the scripture that we used as an as the third church family in Wednesday night invitations of Isaiah 30:15 has just been a staple for me this year. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and rest is your salvation, in quietness and trust is your strength. And a couple of, of ways that this has, has played out, we, we know that repentance means to literally turn in the other direction. And that turn often starts in the mind. So 
it has been essential for me to renew my mind towards um, God's kingdom or Christian worldview and not not what the world is saying, not that I close everything out of what's happening in the world, um, but what is God saying and what is God doing um, in this moment? And one of the things I found was an invitation in the in the rest, in the in the forced shutdown for health and wholeness in body, mind, spirit, and soul. An invitation for his shalom to be present in our lives and in our home, although I did not do this perfectly at all. Like I still have a long ways, <laughs> a long ways to go. The other scripture um, that has been one of the guardrails for me is James 1.9, and this one has also been a struggle for me. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I'm such a work in progress, but something I heard from Graham Cook is you can't be winning if you're whining. And that has really stuck out to me uh, as I'm tempted to start complaining or grumbling. And it makes me think of how Dr. Caroline Leaf says that we're either in love or fear mode. And all of those things that come against that scripture, the whining, the complaining, the grumbling, that puts me into fear mode. So now we invite you, the listener, to reflect. What has sustained you this year? Maybe there are some practices like Kathy talked about, some verses. Maybe it was your one word for this year, a vision that comes to mind. But an invitation to steal some precious moments and enjoy the Advent essential of reflection. next essential we're going to talk about is salvation. I mentioned earlier that we are all eternal human beings. And the reality is, is we are raising our children and grandchildren in an anti-God culture. I mean, there are some big cultural giants out there. Do you know what your children or grandchildren believe and why they believe it? T3 Kids is going to be presenting an exciting opportunity for you to have this conversation and to get a pulse of where your kiddos are in their spiritual formation journey. So this Sunday, December 13, there will be a video available to you that shares a salvation message and provides a spiritual formation map that ties into the message and also an example of a salvation prayer that you can use if your child is prompted to invite Jesus into their heart. Now, all of this will be coming into your inbox with an email from Lindsay Phillips. And if you are not on the email distribution list, but you would like to have access to this content, you can go to TRC's children's ministry page. And under the Stay Connected, you will find all of this material there starting on Sunday, December 13. Now, Kathy, I know that you have led hundreds of, of kids to, to Christ. And I love the way that you share the salvation story. Could you share, how is it that you present the good news? Well, to be honest, it's a, it's a very old way. It's the way the people who led me to Christ led me to Christ. And so 40 years ago, 
the I couple. I love it. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And it was, you know, back then it was probably a chalkboard. I don't know. <laughs> so I actually just do drawings on a whiteboard really for kids. And, um, you know, it might be hard to hear it over the, just to hear it. But if you can imagine your mind, I, I actually draw two cliffs and, you know, it's kind of that old, um, analogy of someone on the edge of a cliff, you know, and there's no way to get to God on the other um, cliff because there's a big chasm between them. And, you know, I put in there that, you know, it's sin that separates us from God and we can try and try and try. And I show all these ways that people might try to connect with God. And then, you know, we know that it's not prayer just alone. It's not just muttering things. It's not just Bible reading. It's not, it's not what you do that gets you to a relationship with God. It's actually opening your heart and receiving. And so I, we talk through that and I draw a bridge, which is made with the cross and show how it's that really it's because Jesus paid the price that he's built a bridge across the chasm and we can walk over and uh, be in relationship with God. And so this is just a simple drawing that the people who led me to Christ did for me, and it made sense to me. I also do a second drawing because they did a second drawing. And um, it's this, I draw a big circle, and in it I put a driver's seat. And of course, I'm just a stick figure <laughs> drawer. <laughs> yeah, it's me like too. <laughs> very simple. But um, I just say, you know, Every person, whether you have ever heard of Jesus before, if you go to church, whatever, every person has self in the driver's seat. And I put a big S on the driver's seat for, to represent self. And if you've ever heard of Jesus or you go to church or whatever, you might have God as part of your life. And I put, I tell them the circle represents your whole life. And I might put something to represent God in the circle. Or I say, you know, people, some people have never heard of God. They've never gone to church. They don't know anything. And then I put God outside the circle. And I said, but it doesn't matter because every person really automatically is in the driver's seat of their lives. And when we choose to trust Jesus's forgiveness, that he paid the price for us, we're not just receiving forgiveness, we're also asking him to be the driver of our life. And we're actually getting out of the driver's seat. And we're saying, Lord, we, I want you to be in charge of my life. And so it's a two-part thing. So that's kind of how I demonstrate that with those two drawings. And, and those are the two I use, but I have, um, so I think this was prompted by a question from a child. Somebody asked me something or something, and I didn't have a preconceived idea of sharing this, but it, I think it was an answer to a question and it kind of just came out my mouth and I've continued to use it. And it's an analogy with a gift. I, they had asked me something that led me to share with kids that, you know, just imagine if you had worked all, you know, a long stretch of time and you had gotten really early in the morning, worked until the sun went down, maybe you were digging ditches, you know, and all to buy a precious gift for someone you loved. And, you know, in your mind, imagine who you would want to give that precious gift to. Maybe it's a parent or a grandparent or someone who's so precious to you. And, um, you know, how would it feel to buy this magnificent gift that costs so much? And how would you wrap it? And the kids speculate, you know, and and then I'd say, how would you feel when the day finally arrived, when you gave the person the gift and they share about how excited they would be and how much anticipation they would feel? And they share about how they would watch the expression on their loved one's face. And, and, um, and then I say, you know, 
how would it feel if that person was so grateful and was, you know, ooing and aahing on the package, but actually never opened it? And the kids, wow. you know, are kind of just shocked and like, wow, that would be terrible, you know? And I'm just saying, you know, Jesus did pay the price, you know? And, but there is a part that of ours where we receive it, we receive the gift, where we open our hearts and let him in and ask him to be in charge. It's receiving a gift he's already paid for. The gift is there, you know, but we have to unwrap it. And so I kind of use that analogy too. And I don't know, it seems to connect with kids. The gift is so beautiful and expensive. Right. But I love what you said about the drawing with the letter G to show that um, in, in the circle, some sometimes they are part of a, of a church and they go to church and sometimes they're not, but this gift is for everyone. Right. But mm-hmm. it must be opened by yeah. everyone, everyone as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love to listen to you share uh, the, the good news and the salvation story. What was your salvation testimony like? Mm. Well, I didn't, I don't remember ever hearing about a personal relationship with Jesus in my church. But I went to a Christian growth camp, and two couples ran that camp. They were directors of that camp. And, um, you know, they shared with us about their own relationships with God. And it was just, it impacted me because they were uh, very vulnerable. They were very authentic. Um, One couple were missionaries, and um, I just remember, you know, the pastor sharing just even his own walk through depression and being very vulnerable even about uh, some very vulnerable things that really made the playing field even and really opened the door for us to be human. And um, the other couple were just lay people. They, uh, he was a veterinarian. And, and they also just were very simple. They just shared simply um, just practical ways that God interacted with them, things he had told them, ways he directed their lives. And, and then we practiced that at camp. And, and to be honest, I, you know, we saw several people healed. Wow. And just like even simple in dramatic ways and in simple ways, but one simple way, I just remember somebody scooped up a hornet's nest with their, and they had the flip-flops on and their whole foot swelled and we prayed for them. We just watched it go down and, you know, just those kinds of things really impacted me. And so, um, that's where I opened my heart. Uh, it was from watching their lives and hearing their stories and seeing, um, their walk with God that softened my heart to open my heart as well. It sounds like the way you described it, obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but it was just a very humble Mm -hmm. place, but the presence of God was, was very rich. It it really was. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of funny because it just ends up that I happened to stop and see the woman who led me to Christ last, just two days ago. I haven't seen her for three years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just went and saw her and it was very sweet. Her thing to me was, are you strong in the Lord? (laughs) She says to me, are you still strong in the Lord? (laughs) I said, yeah, I am. Mm. So yeah, they were very um, instrumental in me coming to Christ. So how about you, Katie? Well, I just, yeah, I'll share mine. Um, I just wonder too, the the amount of joy to see the fruit of your life for them. Wow. 
almost beyond words. It, it really is. And I just remember, like, so the guy who led that camp, he was such an evangelist. But um, at his funeral, uh, they asked, if in this room, if you were ever prayed for by Delmer or were led to Christ by Delmer, stand up. There was, I, there was not one person in the room who wow. did not stand up. Wow. Can you imagine a legacy like that in heaven? Yeah. And what, what heaven is like for Delmer? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. How about you, Katie? Yeah. I, so I grew up in a, in a loving home, a loving family. I knew a lot about God, but I didn't have a relationship with him. And I've swallowed the hook and I don't know, I don't know the root of this yet, but I swallowed the hook that God was far off and, and distant in my growing up years. And so my relationship with with God in the younger years was a lot about following the rules um, and also understanding my deprivation that I needed mm. a savior. Um, I was broken, but I had not surrendered my life for to Christ that he would be Lord over everything. That's one thing I love when you share the the salvation message. Um, the the cliffs represent our need for a savior, as well as the driver's seat represents our need to let God be Lord of yep. of our lives. Both. And so I had I had re- recognized my need for a savior, but not for a Lord. And so I drove I drove my car. Um, I drove my own car. Yep, I know that. <laughs> um, until until our oldest son was born. Until okay. Braden was born, and I was completely overwhelmed um, by this precious miracle that mm. I knew was a great gift from God, and only a good God, a Creator, could. Um, could, could do this and that God was worth surrendering everything for. And so I, I prayed that merry prayer, so to speak, um, of full surrender that I would accept whatever the Lord had for me and ask God to continue to be Savior of my life, but also Lord of my life. Um, one, of the, one of the many things that Jesus has done for me uh, has been taken away a lot of anxiety, worry, fear, strife. Um, I think before surrendering my life to to the Lord, I was just a very, very anxious person. Um, and this doesn't mean that I don't get nervous sometimes because mm-hmm. I still right. I still do. But I have I have learned and lived, and my heart has experienced um, that His perfect love really does cast out fear. And there's, there's no magic wand um, for this, of course, but it's that intentional relationship of mm-hmm. allowing Jesus to be Lord and Savior. And I'm so grateful for the freedom He's provided, as well as, like I mentioned before, I'm a work in progress, so I know that there's always, always more yeah. <laughs> in that. I asked you to share your testimony and why um, I shared a little bit of, of mine is I think as our as we are talking with our kids about salvation and the good news and um, we just don't know what other opportunities the Lord is going to have in front of us, it is always good to have our salvation story ready to share, our salvation testimony ready to share. And it brings me back to um, 1 Peter 3.15. Um, but in your hearts, revere the Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that is in your life. Um, and so when when I was first working on my testimony, I'm like, ah, uh, you know, it's not, it's not very 
there's no excitement, you know, there's no, I, I think of, I think sometimes it's so hard for me because I can hear like your story and comparison and, you know, there's, there's healings and, and, and things like that. And mine was just in a quiet, but there's still, because it's what the Lord is doing, there's mm-hmm. so much power as we right. share our stories. And so we just encourage our listeners, if you haven't shared your story with your children or your grandchildren, um, we just invite you to to do that. Because what it is, is basically just a, a bragging on Jesus mm-hmm. and what he has done mm-hmm. in your life. And so there's lots of ways in which you can you can share your story. But if you're just starting out and a little bit nervous about that, this is how I learned to um, share to share my salvation story. Think of BC, so before Christ. What was life like before you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior? The second part is the cross. What is it that led you to a full conversion? And then AD. After you died to yourself and were raised to new life in Christ, what is um, what are what are some of the things that you've experienced as a result of your your new life in Christ? So BC before Christ, the cross, what led you to conversion, and then AD after you died to self and were raised to new life in Christ. And as we close this podcast, we just invite you to think about your salvation story. What was your life like before you had an intimate relationship with Jesus? What led you to that conversion? And what has Jesus done for you? And then share that, that good news, another essential of, of this season. Kathy, as we've talked about reflection and salvation, would you just close this podcast with a blessing for families, especially um, that we would have eyes to see, ears to hear, just tuned in to where our children are on their spiritual formation path. Sure, I'd be glad to. So Lord, we just invite your spirit and we thank you and praise you that it's not up to us, it's up to you. And our weakness is where you meet us. So Lord, I just ask that you would lead us, each adult who's listening right now, that they would remember, actually, remember their own story, connect to that, that they would risk being vulnerable with their children and that there would be deep heart-to-heart connection through that. And we do pray, Lord, that you would draw our children to you and we thank you that it is your heart to do so. And so lead us by your Holy Spirit to cooperate with you in that work. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here, Kathy. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for joining us for this T3 Family Podcast. We hope it's been a blessing for you and your family. 